Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast, where every week we come to you and we fill you in on all the things going on in the 90-day universe. We're here today to talk about Season 9, Episode 17, a.k.a. Part 2 of the Weddings, a.k.a. Season Finale. Next week, we should be back with Part 1 of the Tell All, so I'm very excited to get there. But before we get there, we're going to put this season on a close. I am, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Puya Zanvakili, ready to go once again. And I've brought someone to be an amazing end to what has been a wild season. She has been on the podcast already this season. It is the one, the only, one half of the Mess Magnus, one half of the Love Island Rahap Up, one half of the Kowski Cast coverage of Riverdale, and one half of the BoJack Horse Pod, and now one half of this finale's episode. It is the one and only Kirsten McKinnis back in the building. Kirsten, how you doing? I'm doing great, Puya. I'm so excited to be welcomed back on the Hot Mess Express for a three-peat this season. Uh, I have loved this season up until last week and this week. So, you know what? I'm I'm excited. Thanks for introducing me to this show. Of course, I got you. I got you. Um, that, that's the thing, though. We, you know, we call it the Hot Mess Express, but then the last two episodes of the season are always just like schmoopy and everything goes great. So, there's no mess. There's barely anything there's a mess it. today if listen if if you're ready to bring find the mess in this i'm willing to hear it out because <laughs> i needed a magnifying glass to maybe find a crumb uh, thankfully um, the mess is attracted to me i'm a magnet so there you go that works out okay so only four couples to talk about today so this should be a shorter episode until 
I talk about love in paradise later, but I always, anytime we say it's going to be a short one, it doesn't end up being that way. <laughs> yeah. So let's wait, wait in our whole judgment until we see. Um, so we're going to kick things off here today and talk about Patrick and Thais, who last time we saw them, Patrick was in the middle of talking to Thais's dad on Zoom. Thais's dad was like, yeah, no, I do not give you approval to marry my daughter. I do, you do not have my blessing. Thais, get out of there. Come back here. He's no good for you. And we just picked up where we left off with them, Kirsten. Yeah, I was uh, very surprised by this call happening at all. I think that, you know, Patrick tries to act like he's so big on family, but I guess he's never made an effort with Thais's father before, which I just think is very strange considering how close of a like father-daughter relationship they have. Yeah, I feel like someone brought this to my attention last week that potentially, because Sasha was like, you know what, I'm going to give credit to Patrick because he is the one person in these couples who has learned the language of their counterpart. But then someone did bring to my attention that potentially Patrick could have learned the, the, the language to go there and talk to her dad. Obviously, they've met like, what, twice and he's not a fan. So it's not really worked out there. But he clearly hasn't put in the work to get the approval. But also, I think part of that, I have to say, is Thais's fault for making it seem like everything's fine. Because, again, he had no idea where he stood until basically she was forced to tell her dad that they're going to get married. Yeah. Okay. But so to me, that means that he's not really talking to Thais's father at all, because like at some point, don't you realize that someone doesn't like you? I feel like I can gauge when someone's not a fan of me. And I feel like most people do. Given that Patrick just doesn't really seem like he's putting a lot of thought in a lot of the time, I'm not surprised that he doesn't pick it up. Yeah, well, and then, so obviously, Thais not telling her father about the wedding is, like, also a major problem, too, because even, like, when it gets to the wedding, it's like, oh, I wish my dad was here to walk me down the aisle, and it's like, maybe if you had told him, he would have been there free. Like, I feel like if she asked her dad, come to Orlando and walk me down the aisle, he would have gone. I mean, he would have needed the time's notice to, you know, Mm -hmm. make travel arrangements, but I think he would have shown. I definitely do think he would have shown. Yeah. So, like, that's her fault there that he couldn't be there, which sucks. And then, I don't know. I just feel like, like, did their father not know they were engaged before? Or, like, because you would think that in a situation where you want to ask for a father's blessing, you would have done that earlier. Well, no, she didn't tell him anything. She th- he fully thought that Thais was coming here for vacation for a little bit. He had yeah, no idea that she was not going to come back. And so this is where I'm like, okay, well, Patrick's not like the math is not mathing because he acts like family is so important to him. And we know Thais is close with her father. And so the fact that he, like if he cares now about approval, he should have asked earlier. Like I know you and uh, Liana earlier this season got into the whole like asking for blessing on a on a wedding situation like for me personally i wouldn't want that but like that seems like someone who would so it's weird that patrick didn't already work on securing that and then work on getting closer to her father yeah i feel like with both of us it wasn't so much as getting the blessing but more so here's the person i'm considering spending my life with and what do you think and that's really it. And for me, if if there was a we don't approve, I would have been like, well, tough. I I know my who who's for me, and I know I'm gonna make the right decision. Yeah, exactly. You're not asking. You're like telling. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Like it's not like you would you would call Liana's dad and be like, hey, 
um, can I marry your daughter? See, if I if I was told that that's what he would want, I would. But no, for my own personal, I wouldn't really. It would depend on the person. It would depend on the person's. Well, parent. yeah, exa- exactly. Right. Like, it, like you obviously are married. If Liana wanted that, she would have told you that. And then exactly. you would have done it. Um, and so that's where it's like, well, have they ever spoken? Like, by <laughs> St. Patrick? Because, like, it seems to me that this is something that's important to her that he never did until the day before the wedding, only when he realizes, oh, my God, I, I never realized she was actually serious about not being happy when she told me a thousand times that she wasn't happy. You know, Patrick, if you had done the one thing Thais has asked since she's made her way to the U.S. and listened, you would have known a lot sooner. You like just e- don't listen. Like even all the stuff with that uh, boat party situation. He's like, yeah, I think she had a good time. She very clearly did not have a good time. And also he's like, oh, well, I could have gone by myself. That's not the problem, Patrick. She wanted to spend time with you. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I can do some stuff alone. You do some stuff alone. <laughs> yeah, that was not the arrangement. Sir. Like, I think Thais has done enough stuff alone while Pat, like after coming to the States. Right. And and that's the thing here. So this conversation with the dad is continuing on this uh, mm-hmm. episode. And they the dad's pretty much like, you know, you don't have my blessing. And, you know, you're from the U.S. You should find someone there. She should find someone here. And he kept trying to push like, you know, but you know, I care about her a lot, et cetera. So like, he, he says, I only saw you a couple of times. Why would I trust it? Why would I like, I have no reason to trust you, which fair. He doesn't really know him. Ultimately mm-hmm. though, they kind of get us back to the same page where the dad goes, yes, yeah, her decision. And if she does go through with this, I hope you do not prove me wrong. So do we count that as you got the blessing or more of a, the dad said, I'll let go. Yeah, well, he they did not get the blessing, but it somehow still ended on a positive. I really was confused how this ended up like positive where Thais felt comfortable. Uh, but OK, well, this is this is how I can measure it. Right. Okay. On a scale of Mahala to the happiest parent on the planet. Where did Thais's dad land? <laughs> it was very close lot. to Mahala. <laughs> But still higher than Mahala, which is wild considering that Mahala had all that FaceTime with Jibri and Miona for like months. I mean, I don't know that it was higher. I feel like it was the exact same thing of like, um, well, I want you to be happy, uh, but also you do not have my blessing. Well, at least um, Thais's dad did show up to the wedding via Zoom. Mahala didn't even do that. I mean... So. Yeah, I feel like there should have been some discussion about a Zoom situation, though I guess since they didn't know what time they were getting married, it was... They were waiting for that arch. Yeah, we'll get to the mess of Jibri and Miona's wedding um, in a bit here. But we skip directly to Patrick and Thais's wedding is the next thing we see. Mm -hmm. And Patrick is rehearsing his Brazilian dance that um, Thais got a choreographer for. Because they're going to do their dance for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's a way for them to add the culture into the wedding. So he's practicing this. But then he's got a peanut gallery in the form of his friend and John sitting there talking hella smack. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's doing a choreographed dance that is happening for the wedding. And this is the first we're hearing about it. Why have they been on tour? He needs to be dancing. He needs to be practicing because of the, what he is doing does not seem to be it. Why have we not seen this sooner? Right. Why didn't they take us to the choreography session? Mm-hmm. 
I wanted to watch this. This would have been so much good content for the podcast. But alas, here we are, him in a suit, trying this dance. And it does feel like he's doing it for the first time. Like, I didn't see a lot of rhythm there. I don't think he's been doing the practice. Um, I I found that to be extremely surprising. And honestly, I was with John on this one where he's like, (laughs) well, I guess we'll see. Like, (laughs) Or, yeah, for me, if I was told we have to do a choreographed dance or like we're getting dance lessons so that the first dance is perfect, I'm the type of person who I need it to go well because everyone's looking at me and I'll feel very self-conscious. I think that's called being human, Puya. When you have to perform in front of a massive group of people, you want to be good at it. But I guess Patrick just doesn't care about doing a good job. Like they tried to make it seem like, oh yeah, he's getting in this practice to make sure he gets it right. And then it's like, well, I don't, I think this is his first time practicing. He got something. Was it right? I don't know about it, but they did something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um. So yeah, the wedding goes on and uh, Thais does have her two friends, Kayla and Anadia, who we did meet. Yes. Um, they made their way from Dallas. They're the only people in her wedding party that are here because obviously her family couldn't make it. And we know how important it would have been for her to have family there. But then we do, you know, when Patrick's filling in John on how everything went and how the dad didn't give the blessing, he's like, yeah, one of the things we're going to do is have a ceremony in Brazil, which actually I do have a friend of mine from university um, he he was Canadian, she was Brazilian, and they did the same thing where they had a ceremony in Brazil and a ceremony in Canada for, for both sides. Yeah, and I, I think that makes total sense, uh, especially considering like how much Patrick is able to travel. Uh, and I feel like it's something that they should have been talking about before. I think it would have made Thais feel a lot better and more comfortable. But like again, Patrick didn't care to make her feel comfortable until now. I, I think it was just once it came to a realization that I could lose her. That's when he did it. Cause remember this is the same guy who didn't want to spend 40 bucks on a vase. Like he didn't yeah. want to spend money. So but it's like, you have to like, I'm sorry. I just am so concerned for Thais. If like, hopefully Patrick has like fully turned over a new leaf, but like, if you're not willing to bend even a little bit, unless you realize, oh, you might not get what you want. That is a huge red flag for me. Relationships are built upon compromise and he's not budged, but also he doesn't have the the family support that, you know, someone like Muhammad had to get that 180 going. So because mm-hmm. we've met his family and for the most part, the family's siding with him. So I don't see where we go with with that. I would I can't believe I want to say this. I would love to see these two on another season. Because I need to see where they're at and how things are. Yeah, I need I need to know what happens with them. I'm very excited for the tell-all. Um, Same. I also, this is from last week, but it really rubbed me the wrong way when he was talking with Thais about, like, kicking out his brother and, like, oh, it's not that easy. Uh, and he goes, oh, yeah, like, and my mom is going to be dead soon. And I was like, and listen, like, I'm in a dead mom club. So I'm, I'm al- like, the dead mom club. I'm, I'm allowed to say this. Uh, you don't get you can't throw that in someone's face especially when it's like someone you love like I every every once in a while I'll throw I'll throw the dead mom thing in someone's face if I think it's appropriate but like this is someone you love like it's like throwing a trauma anchor to get what you want it's like oh this isn't going my way let me talk about something really bad that's that's happening and like 
Right. Oh my God. I just, I, I do not care for that thumb looking man. No. And I, and, I, and that's the thing for me is the reason I want to see them back at some point is I want to see if he's changed. I want to see if John's still mm-hmm. in their life. I want to see how Thais is doing. So there's a lot of intrigue for me from that regard where I want to see them do stuff. And I feel like there's a lot that we could see. You know, we, we missed out on this choreography. I'm sure there's other stuff that went on in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And while they did have moments this season where they were clearly the featured couple in an episode, I think they, they left a lot on the cutting room floor that I would be willing to see moving forward. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that covers Patrick and Thais. Okay. So oh, wait, can yeah, I say one more thing about Patrick and Thais? Sorry. Even at the start of the wedding, Patrick goes, this is my wedding planner. And I was like, I hate you. He's learned <laughs> nothing. He's like, learned nothing. Yeah, this is my wedding planner so we don't have to worry. And I was like, oh my God, it is not just your wedding, you psycho. Okay, sorry. I just I just wanted to point that out. One more, one more slam on Patrick before we say yeah. goodbye. To him. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's move over to Jibri and Miona. Now we brought them up very briefly in the conversation about Patrick and Thais and Jibri and Miona have made their way to Joshua Tree as planned. Uh, last we saw them, the his grandmother was there who will be officiating and they were getting ready. Uh, it starts off with Jibri giving us a very somber note of, of stuff. Uh, his parents will not be at this wedding. David will not be at this wedding. Uh, but oh, also um, Space Cash will not be at the wedding, which is a very missed opportunity. I would love to see Space Cash with full uh, helmet there in the sun, but alas, not to be. Now, we learn about a new friend who is getting featured in the final episode of the season that we've never heard yes. of, but apparently is such an important friend to not just him, but Miona as well. And he has been tasked with bringing this arch to Joshua Tree that is apparently very important for this wedding. I'm talking about Igor, the friend who we have not met, Kirsten. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't meet Igor at all this whole season, even through like a FaceTime or something, because we hear both from Jabri and Miona, like, has been there for every major event in Jabri's life. Miona has a good connection with him because his first language is Serbian. I... I, I like I know he's in California, but like even just to have heard of him in conversation of like, yeah, when we move to California, like Igor will be there as like a, a point of moving. I'm, I'm shocked that we've never met him. Well, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, Miona has had no friends in the States, no one that's really with her. So to have a friend that just never was brought up is wild to me. And then to trust that friend that we do not know with this all important arch was an interesting choice for the show to go. But that isn't even the biggest, you know, I think I'm starting to realize where the mess was in this episode because Jabri, bless his heart, they're waiting for this arch to arrive. He still hasn't tried his suit on. He still hasn't written his vows. What are you doing? You have nothing prepared. Even also, like, normally when you are having um, a wedding, like, I, I, know, I know you didn't um, get to have, like, a big ceremony event because of COVID, but, like, uh, like my sister's wedding, we got all of the stuff the day before and set it up so that things could like go according to schedule on the day of. Um, but they're just like, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get everything day of. We'll try on the suit day of. We'll we're just flying by the seat of our pants here. I mean, this is the most Jibri and Miona ending to their story where 
just everything's up in the air. They have the venue, but they do not have the arch. Their friend isn't here yet. The I guess the neighbor had offered his vintage truck for them to use for their wedding photos. The neighbor didn't show up with the truck, so the truck wasn't even there. Um, and, you know, we learn this one thing about Miona where Miona, first of all, she didn't end up buying the dress she had found in Chicago. She ended up finding a new dress accidentally online from a Russian designer mm-hmm. and she loved it way more. So she bought that. So she got the dress she wants. That's, that's great. Amazing. But then we learned that her parents, she had assumed her parents got married in a courthouse because there were no photographic evidence of the wedding. And the dad said, no, 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 the, the, they were there. The photos got destroyed. So she does. Can you imagine? I can't. Um, the idea of losing all of that history, whether it was to like, you know, in a fire or in a move or whatever, however they got destroyed, that would break me. I'm very happy that at the very least now we can do digital backups of everything. Yes, I, I literally can't imagine. So sad. Um, but yeah, and I feel like so the whole thing with this, obviously, is they're waiting for the arch and Jabri is spending the whole day like. Oh, Miona Matt on her wedding day. We don't want to see it. Like, can't cross a Serbian woman. Like, uh, Serbians do all these pig roasts, and I'm gonna get roasted like a pig here. And uh, I did find this surprising as someone who dated a Serbian for seven years. I've never heard about these. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, are you working on your type five stand up routine? Like, what is this? You ever heard about a pig roast? Like, well, what are you doing? What? I mean, not in this context. <laughs> yeah. Go comfort her. You're standing here talking to us about this nonsense and you're avoiding her. But then ultimately he tries to FaceTime Igor. Igor answers and says, you know, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And whilst all this is happening, um, his grandma is like, you know, if the arch doesn't show up, it doesn't show up. We need the sunlight. There's a beautiful background mm-hmm. of, you know, just uninterrupted nature. We, we have that as our arch. That's good enough. And I agreed with her. Um, but obviously the arch is coming. But Kirsten, listen, no shade to anybody, okay? Because everyone envisions their wedding how they want. And as long as they're happy with it, I'm happy for them. I was expecting more of an arch than this. I mean, was it? I think an arch has a specific shape. This was just a triangle. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Listen, and you know what? I actually did think it looked really good when they got the flowers on it with like the pompous grass and everything. Like, I feel like it really did fit the vibe of the desert wedding. It was really beautiful and minimal. Um, Like it works. But again, as you said, as Jabri said, this is what we're holding up the whole wedding for. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like this wasn't an art like this was not an arch worth potentially losing sunlight over, which they were actively losing it. Um, all I'm saying is where's Kara with the balloon arch? I guess no business for them. I huh? guess they, I mean, a balloon arch um, as like the wedding arch, I think is maybe one of the tackiest ideas I've ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. No, I've never seen it in a, in a wedding. Like, I feel yeah. like at a wedding, I've seen balloons at a wedding, but it's normally like you go through the arch to like enter the venue. Right. Or so, right. not like get it but married in front arch. of. Right. Yeah. So the arch shows up. Um, and then Jibri's walking out to come to the, was it the altar? The front? Yeah. That's yeah. the altar. Yeah. Yeah. The he's arch. coming over to the altar. And like a wrestler, Kirsten, he comes out to music and. As I'm hearing it, I'm like, this is this Jabri? This sounds like it could well, be Jabri. He said in his confessional that it is. And then, yeah, like seconds later, he's like, 
So I wrote this song for, for Miona, and it is the first time I've done a country song. What did you think of this song? Are you a country music person? Okay, so I did my time listening to country music when I lived in Alberta, first of all. Time, I've done yes. my time. Um, I'm not, I feel like if you don't grow up in like a country music home, it's hard to like get super into country music. Uh, and so I've never been the biggest fan. I'm not going to be like, oh, turn it off. Like, I can't listen to this. But I, I'm rarely going to do that about pretty much any song. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not a huge country music lover, but I have listened to a lot of country music. And uh, it's not the best song in the world. But when we compare it to the other music we've heard from Jabri, it's a thousand times better than that. Yeah, it it got a pass for me. I didn't mind it. It wasn't like uh, I'm going to openly mock this song on the pod. Like it was not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Pretty sweet. It's a sweet gesture. It's a sweet gesture to write the song. I think it's like, especially if Miona wants her day to be a certain way, I'm very surprised that she didn't have a song in mind that for her and Jabri to walk up to. Uh, and that she was just okay with whatever he picked. I, th- I think that was a little surprising. I think if the wedding had more, like her family was there, her friends were there, I think she would have definitely probably wanted a little bit more of the, of like stuff like that in her under her control or she would have said something but because of how much she emphasized wanting the pictures done the fact that aesthetically everything else was in place i feel like she was like we'll listen to your song it's fine you worked hard on it it's yeah, a good song. that makes sense and you know like they are so in love okay like uh and she was very chill about things not going according to but like she wanted Agreed. the arch but like, even when Jabri came over and was getting stressed out, she was like, no, stay positive, like be positive. Like we want good energy for our wedding. Like I, I thought that she was like, if they had ultimately had to go without the arch, she would have been fine with it as long as they were married at the end and they got yeah. their pictures. I feel like when the season first started, they wanted us to see Miona as a unwavering, stubborn person who everything has to be her way. But throughout the second half of the season, she has really shown that she's a lot more flexible and willing to compromise than what we may have believed in the first half. And obviously Mm -hmm. look no further than the beach wedding, not happening, but then this wedding happening, a, it's not a massive thing. The, the whole move stuff kind of ended up working out where they got kicked out of the house, I guess, but they're still not moving to Cali right away. So, Hey, they love each other. It's very evident. And I'm very happy to see it. The second Miona goes, yeah, desert wedding and a beach wedding aren't so different. I'm just missing the ocean. I'm like, oh. Yeah, the, the biggest element of the difference there um, is gone. But I think I haven't looked through and see to see on their socials what the wedding photos look like. But I imagine they've got bangers like they oh, look good. They had to be good. Like They had a very good photographer as well. So they were good. Yeah, so they've got that documented. They got through the wedding. Everything's worked out. They did their vows. They I dude. Is there anything else you want to speak about with regards to Jabri and Miona here? Um, no, I'm just re- I'm very curious. I would love to see them in a future season um, just to see how things go with Jabri's mom. Oh, God. Yeah. Jabri and Bri- you know, 100 percent, if we're going to see a parent or parents on the show, we're going to see those two. We're going to see Mahala and Brian, and we're going to see Emily's parents. Those are the two parents I think that are going to be featured on the show. Yeah, um, no question. Easily. Yeah. 
Um, now let's take a quick break. Okay. When we get back, we'll talk about the last two couples of the season, and that would be Bilal and Shaida and Emily and Kobe. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So we'll go over to Bilal and Shaida next here. You know, for a couple that was pretty much the featured couple from the beginning, Kind of a yada yada ending for those two. Yeah, they they really didn't give us a lot. The day of the wedding itself, you know, everything went fine. Uh, and everyone looked beautiful. Yeah, I I just I simply find that they really wanted us to focus on the prenup as the drama. The prenup and the I want to raise a family and Bilal being sheepish and not really answering that question. And the pranks. pranks. Exactly. So now we get to the ending. Of course, their wedding was beautiful. Of course, the ceremony was lovely. The family looked very happy. The only person who seems to have been uh, not really vibing was the little son who ended up falling asleep during the ceremony. But we allow him. Weddings can be boring at that mm-hmm. age. So no harm there. But I just, you know, there's nothing really that I can pull out here that I thought was inherently bad. There's just a couple of things that Shaida had said during the confessionals and that Bilal said in confessional that made me feel like this is going to still, like, I don't want to see them on a future season because I sense that it's going to be a lot of continuation of what's going on with Bilal. Mm-hmm. Um, I 100% agree with you. One thing that I did think was super weird is in confessionals, there was a lot of Bilal talking about how he always wanted to get married. It's such a dream of his. And like, uh, I'm like, you've been married. Maybe he meant the a second time. I, he always wanted a second wedding, like every little boy dreams of their second wife. Um I just thought it was very weird. And then he gives like the gift to Shaida that his father had given to his mother. And I'm like, like, did you just know your first marriage wasn't going to work out? So you have all these like sentimental things or is this a re-gift? D- do you think he took it back to re-gift? 
That is a great question. I well, feel like yes, right? He either took it back to regift or he never gave it to his first wife. Um, so I guess he just like always thought it wasn't gonna work. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, but ultimately it was pretty sweet, uh, all things considered. You know, I was about to say putting everything else aside, which is a lot of stuff to put aside to just focus on the beauty of this wedding. Um <laughs> The things that I want to highlight is that, so we got confirmation that Bilal did put the changes to the prenup. Shaida read them, agreed, and signed them. Her hopes are that moving forward, they bicker less and they love each other more. And she does still worry that he's not as enthusiastic about raising a family as uh, she is, which I think is a very, very solid concern to have. Yeah. And like, we know that, like, because to him, he's already done the family thing, you know, like he, he's like, yeah, I have my two kids. Like, I don't need more kids where she's like, I want to have a biological child. Right. And ultimately, when they're doing the ceremony, the officiant does say, so, you know, the way we do it, we're going to say it three times. We're going to ask you three times to make sure that you are absolutely sure and that everyone here hears you both say that you're here for each other. So they pretty much say I do thrice. Mm-hmm. And then the wedding's done. But this is the confessional I'm talking about where Bilal says, yeah, you know, I was never really worried because I'm not a quitter. So if this relationship or wedding was ever going to fail, it would have been her giving up, not me giving up. Why are you being a dick? Just say that you have felt confident. You don't have to speak for her. He said it in front of her, too. Yeah, this and was she's a shared like, confessional. She's like, why do you always like say things to make me look bad? And I'm like, Bilal, if this had happened where she had chosen to go home and quote giving up, it would have been because you pushed her to the edge. Like, excuse me? I'm not. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be done with the Bilal and Shaida story. I don't know how much more of it I could have taken. <laughs> um, but that's where we are now. Yeah, you're uh, definitely with done with them forever. Yes, fingers crossed. We can, <laughs> we can you know, run into the sunset with this and be happy. Now, we have one more couple, Kirsten. One final yes. couple here. And this was the by far the biggest uh, storyline of the episode. And it was Emily and Kobe. And we start with their wedding day. Emily, obviously, the last time they spoke was the night before at the family dinner thing where Kobe got very upset with her not trusting him and still doubting him and walks off. Now, Emily's woken up the morning of her wedding, very upset with herself because she's overreacted. This threw me for a loop. Emily recognized that she was wrong and she did not even get mad at him for swearing at her one time. I really thought that once he dropped that F-bomb that he mm-hmm. was going to have to live with that forever. And it just never came up this episode. Maybe later, but never. Maybe in the episode. tell-all, but like she recognized that she was wrong. She called him on the phone to be like, I'm really sorry. And like, I, I love you and I trust you. And I, I loved Kobe being like, well, it's about time. Yeah. I'm happy you finally come around to this. Good. Because it's the day of the wedding. I'd be very surprised if you didn't feel this way. So mm-hmm. I did like that she recognized, you know, that she's jumped to conclusions really fast and she should, you know, not be upset and she just talk to him directly. And now everything's fine. They're moving forward. But the overarching problem is that Kobe is still very much struggling with keeping this pregnancy a secret. 
and he is not doing okay with harboring that secret right now. Yeah, he's built a really beautiful like relationship with Emily's father and is feeling guilty about lying to him. I I'm love very, it. So I'm sweet. It really is. I'm very mad at the producers for n- just not showing us this relationship at all because the only time we saw the two of them really speak was that one night where he uh, the dad brought him into the basement and just basically said you are going to have to deal with, you know, the money stuff because Emily's not good with the money and good luck. There was never a show of how much support is coming from her dad. And we got to see a lot of it here, which I absolutely, first of all, was very shocked. Second of all, loved. So the dad does tell us that um, when Kobe was going to move here and, and like, you know, they were becoming serious. He wrote a Kobe wrote a letter and sent it to him. Basically, you know, not only asking for blessing, but also, you know, reassuring him that he cares about Emily, will be there for Emily and everything. And then the dad also replied with the letter as well. So they shared that moment. And then the dad gives Kobe something in the palm of his hand. And they don't show that to us. And he says that I gave him something to hold on to. It's something that I, in my letter to Kobe, I had mentioned. And, you know, I want him to keep them safe. And then he also tells him that he loves him like a son, which melted my heart. I literally, I started crying and I love to, it's like he gave something to Kobe. We don't know what it is. Uh, Literally in confessional, they're like, yep, that's private between us. And I just thought that was like on a show where we see more than we want to of a lot of people. This is like one very genuine, like beautiful moment. Yeah, I love I love that he had the notice to to be to figure out no, we're on TV. I don't want this on TV. This I'm not doing this for TV. This is for me and him only. So I did appreciate that quite a bit. Um also before this scene, we did see that uh temperature is still in the building, Kirsten. Temperature is going to be his best man and his friend Etchu is here from Houston and they both know each other from Cameroon. So he's made it here as well to to be this is essentially Kobe's family coming into this wedding. But temperature still has a confessional where he says that, you know, uh, I'm hoping with time Kobe will know that he's a man and that, you know, in Africa, we are the ones in charge. It's like temperature. You really have not taken the temperature on this relationship. My guy, like he is not interested. And it's also just like super weird. Like, obviously it's like when he says Africa, he doesn't mean like the continent of Africa, but it just is so strange because there's also so many countries in Africa that are more maternal than paternal. <laughs> it's just very weird every time it comes up. Um, but I guess probably they don't trust the 90 day audience to uh, know anything about anywhere other than the USA. Which, you know, sometimes I do. I do find that to be the case. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. We go into. Uh, the ending of this emotional moment with uh, Emily's dad and Kobe and it really starts looking like Kobe's about to let it out he starts crying very heavily and he tells us that he's struggling with holding the truth and then the the give, leaves us with a cliffhanger where I really thought he was about to tell the dad everything but I, yes I and I thought listen this is a moment where I could fully understand why he ends up telling the dad the dad just did the nicest thing for him and he feels like you know he's he's lying to his face mm-hmm. by by omission he is completely betraying the trust this man has put into him and he doesn't feel okay with that 
Well, and it's also the thing where, you know, the longer you keep this secret, the worse it's going to make you feel like Emily is sitting there like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, no, we can't tell them like it's we want the wedding to be fun. They'll be upset if, you know, we get married with like and tell them. Uh, And it's like, no, but like as we find out when they do ultimately spill the beans, like pregnancies are measured in weeks. And to think that, you know, someone's gone 70 days. Of just lying. Of just lying. Like, obviously, it's not exactly because, like, you don't know, like, from the first second you get pregnant. But, like, right. Lying At least for, a month, let's say. Yeah, like, lying for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, does not look good. Yeah. And, and it's very clear to me that Emily's completely fine with this. She's like, eh, it's fine. We don't need to tell them anything. It'll be okay. It'll boil over. It'll be fine. But Kobe, again, has finally now, from where I'm standing, felt like he is he has been embraced by this family he's loved by this family and he's appreciated by this family and he's not okay with that because then instead of telling the dad in that moment when we come back from the cliffhanger he tells his the dad that you know thanks for everything you've done for me and you know for my whole family i say thank you and it was beautiful he tells us in confessional that you know what he has with with uh, emily's dad he's not really had with his own dad like this has been a very important relationship for him in these 90 days and it does crush me that he has to stand there and basically uh keep the secret that's tearing him apart inside yeah i'm like oh wow he really is so committed to uh to emily yeah he is with everything he has with every we didn't did we see coben in this episode i feel like we didn't see coben um we saw him just at the dinner when they ultimately told everyone about the baby true yes so yes the wedding was beautiful it goes by completely fine everything goes smoothly and then uh in a confessional after the wedding Kobe's like, and now we can tell your dad and your family and emily's like i don't want to no we don't have to tell them yet he's like Emily, I struggle with this. I can't look the man in the eye. She can't just don't look at him then. Just don't look at him. It's fine. And I mean, like, he didn't say, oh, I'm going to go tell your dad right now. She's like, not tonight, not to ruin the wedding. And it's like, ma'am, that's not what he said. Like, can you please listen? And like, to me, that's a very subject, like, to not to ruin the wedding, right? We talk about pictures. We talk about, you know, Jibri Miona wanted, Miona wants pictures to document the history that they had the mo, capture the moment. For me, Anytime Kobe looks at these photos, like, yeah, remember when I, when we didn't tell them about this um, and we had to hold it in? Like, it's, he's having a hard time enjoying his wedding because he has to hide this. But she's like, it'll ruin the moment. Yeah, but it'll stay there forever. Like, these are evidence that you kept this from your family. And I just don't know when you think is appropriate. And Kobe says, yeah, I'm going to tell them tomorrow. I'm not going to wait. Tomorrow's the day. Tonight is fine. Tomorrow's not. I'm telling them. Yeah, he's like, you said we could tell them after the wedding. I'm telling them after the wedding. Like, that's it. It's happening. And, like, it understandably, like, he, he doesn't like living in their home and lying to them. Right. Which I think is a very fair behavior to have. So the next day at this lunch slash dinner thing that they're having, Kobe ends up saying, you know, we need to tell you something. Uh, she's pregnant. And they're like, what? No. And then Emily's like, yeah, yeah, 10 weeks. And the dad's absolutely shocked. The sister is very disappointed that Emily just did not say anything and like kept this from them. The mom is sad because this happened too soon. They kind of wanted them to be better situated when it went down. 
but no one was disgusted by them, which I think is what Emily was, I guess, scared of. Well, I mean, her dad is like, I wanted to retire in a year and now I can't because Kobe can't can't work work yet and Emily's not going to be able to work. And, you know, I want to travel and enjoy my retirement with my wife. And now my daughter is still going to be living here with her husband and now two children. Um, And so he like immediately goes into the logistics, which I think makes sense with what we know of his character now, where like he's always thinking of like, okay, how do we make this work? What can I do? Because he really has been like the support for the like the family, like he's the planner for the family. Uh, and so it, it makes more sense now than it did, you know, when they first came up on the show. And he's just like, like his life plan is derailed by this. He's like these, they need to move out. And like, maybe I have been too nice and like, I need to be a little bit more forceful. Well, and you know, to me, just him saying that of, I wouldn't, you know, I plans to retire in a year and a half and now I can't do that just indicates how much he does care and, and will not just leave them you know, kick them to the curb, and like, figure it out. It's your problem. You're adults now because he could easily do that. And we'd be like, fair enough. Like, I think that's what they expected, but he's clearly going to put his life on hold to make sure that they still have a saw, like a good landing spot because he's not about to let yeah. them, you know, suffer. He's, he's never abandoned his family before and he's not going to start now. Obviously he's going to, he's not going to kick out his daughter and grandchildren out into the world where they can't work and be like, okay, well, I wipe my hands of it. We really like I really had read them wrong. I really read uh, Emily's parents wrong. I was like, y'all are the worst. You're putting all of this on Kobe. You're not you know, you're not the ones talking to Emily about stuff, but they're very sweet. They're very sweet. Yeah, I mean, I do do think still there's some stuff from the first couple of episodes where it's like, oh, um, this is a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think that. Uh, even though it's we, they always talk about how Emily always has to get her way and Emily's in charge. Uh, Emily leans on them a lot. And I think it was a big adjustment yes. for them for another person to come in who Emily would be theoretically leaning on. And uh, all things considered, the family adjusted really well. And I actually don't really have a problem with Emily's family. Yeah. I still like I didn't I, I don't like everything we've seen from them the whole season long. But I'm like, oh, they're actually just like a family that really cares and Kobe really cares about her and Coben. And you know what there, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. It'll be fine. It'll work out. I don't know. Like we've said with the rest of them, I think I'd be okay with seeing them again. Not anytime soon. I need them to be like a couple of years since they're showing on the show to see where they're at and what's going on. How's Coben doing? How's, how's well, Kobe? I I think they might need to go on the show sooner than that to make money because how else is Emily bringing in any money to the house? Because they get you said that the American person gets what a thousand dollars an episode, right? Based on what the articles I had seen last year, it was a thousand for the couple per episode. That obviously the more often than not, especially for OG ninety day, because the work permits aren't come through at that point, goes directly to the to the American counterpart. And then I think it's twenty five hundred for the for the tell all. So, what about you know a thousand each? We're on episode seventeen, so let's say seventeen grand plus two fifty. So about twenty k to be to have them be on a show for the season. Yeah, so I think yeah. they might need to do that again, uh, so that Emily's dad can retire. 
Yeah, let's get Emily's dad a GoFundMe for his retirement trip. (laughs) Yeah, let's get the man a trip. Let's get him a vacation. All he's going to do is funnel that money straight back into his family. We raise the money. We get him like an all-inclusive ticket that he can't not refund, non-refundable. And that's how you get him his trip. And it's out of his hands. He can't even if he wants to be the nice one. He can't. Yeah, he'd probably send Emily. Okay, maybe we don't do this. <laughs> He'd be like, I okay, refuse. Go on a honeymoon, Emily, and go. <laughs> yeah, this is the world's um, most strict GoFundMe. This is only for him. He cannot transfer. He cannot refund. Go directly to I paradise. Mean, I, how does that GoFundMe look? Father of TV couple to go on a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and it can't be used for anything else. This old white man who's worked a good career and has a retirement fund. No. Yeah, it's like, does he need it? No, but we feel bad. <laughs> okay, so that's it. That's all we have for you here today. Um, there's no next time on, even though the tell-all is scheduled to be next week as of uh, looking at this TLC uh, schedule, Sunday, August 14th, 8 p.m., first look, tell-all part one. So that'll be happening next week. We will talk about it then, Okay. But for now, this is all you get from 90 Day Fiance. Kirsten ended up being uh, quick. Ended up being yeah, short. We, we said it was going to be a short one, and it was a short one for once. I mean, it's only four couples, and they all got married. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, well, do you want to power rank them? There's only four of them, but we can yeah, still do okay, it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's just yeah. we'll leave them 45 minutes. Let's power, let's power rank these people. All right. So we've got Bilal and Shaida. We've got Patrick and Thais. We have got uh, Emily and Kobe and Jibri and Miona. Who's last place? Okay. To me, it's a race for the bottom between Patrick and Thais and Bilal and Shaida. I agree. Um, I, I uh, I'm inclined to put Bilal and Shaida last only because of um, like it's literally like their wedding wishes are like I hope we fight less and love each other more and then and Bilal's still like throwing kids. her under the bus yeah like and I really do believe that Bilal would be the type of person who would get like a secret vasectomy and just be like oh I guess I'm infertile pranked yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like um with Blonde Shaida, the other line that I forgot to bring up and I can bring up now is that when Shaida had mentioned something along the lines of, yeah, and for, for us to be parents together for the first time, he was like, you mean for me to be a father for the third time? Like, essentially shoving in her, not only like correcting her, but also saying, yeah, I've already done that. I didn't like that. Yeah, I, forth, I, yeah. I'm fine with that. And, and then, so then I guess that puts Patrick and Face in third. Very easily, Patrick and Face go third, which actually is funny because Patrick and Face now have their highest ranking in, yeah, no, since episode eight. Episode well, eight, they were third. There's only four couples, third. so it really doesn't mean much here. It doesn't, but <laughs> numerically, it looks better for them. That's um, so funny. Um. <laughs> okay. Um. I think I put Emily and Kobe second. Okay. Emily and Kobe in second. And why is that? So the only reason why I put them in second um, and Jabria Miona first is uh, there's still a lot that they need to sort out. Um, They are only just starting to get on the same page. 
And it's bringing in another baby into a zero income household is going to be a struggle. Um, So I just think that they've got more things stacked against them. Yeah, I feel like Kobe has gained the love and support of her family, which is a huge plus. And, you know, it's clear that he had gotten the support a lot sooner. We just didn't see it till today. So that's good. But also a second baby. They still live with her family. They still haven't been situated. It is going to be an upward battle for them. Mm -hmm. So that is is a negative. But then also a good positive is that at least Emily acknowledged her faults with Kobe which was growth. That's good. We like that. But then ultimately I would say Jibri and Miona just uh, there, just simply put the love and support they have towards each other has been a lot stronger, even though there's been drama surrounding them with David, with Mahala, with Brian, they've not wavered. So for me, it's a very easy, give them first spot. Yeah, they are ride or die. They have their wedding. They've moved out. Uh, everything's looking up. Yeah, uh, prediction. Do you think they're going to make Jabri sing at the finale, at the tell-all? Oh, um, I don't think they have to make him. I think he'll do it without being asked. <laughs> I think it's very possible. Um, I oh. hope not. And do you think they'll be wearing matching outfits? <laughs> yes, they will 100% be wearing matching outfits. He did wear the full white suit for the wedding with the white cowboy yes. hat. So. so I also see them wearing matching outfit and I could also very much see them try to sell that matching outfit on their Poshmark in the future. So that will definitely happen. Yes. And they have also got some money in the bank now because of selling uh, various items throughout the season. Yes. And I'm, I'm just curious to see what the, what the update is on his music, where they live. So I'm very curious to see those two at the tell all. Um, I'm, Less curious to see what Emily and Kobe are up to potentially. Well, and so when did Emily and Kobe like film? Like, do they already have a second child? Uh oh, like by the time this tall, I think the tall filmed uh about three, four months ago, I want to say. Yeah, and so when did they get married? Oh, when was this? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure, you know. I'm not a hundred percent sure. In theory, they could have another baby already. Well, I could or also, she, or she could be super pregnant. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Think. Here, I guess I could look on Instagram now that the season is over. Yeah, let's see. Is this the right Emily, or is this a different Emily? This is the right Emily. Um, I'm not seeing. Oh yeah, no, there's the baby. Oh no, is this Coben? Hold on. Yeah, no, it's about Coben. I don't see a picture of the other baby yet. Um, well, three days ago, she posted like a picture of what her body looked like in 2017 and what she looks like now working out. And mm, I guess we'll find that at the tell. Yeah, I th- I think we'll find out at the tell. I think she might have another baby. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. Uh, is this a picture of Coben with the sonogram? Yeah, from July because they from she can't really ago. post it, right? Yeah, um, until it comes out on the show. Yeah, so we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll get the updates next week, so that'll be good. I think um, she already has a baby. I think she's already had the baby. 
I mean, if we're going off of the the photo you mentioned that I'm looking at now, I think we could we could potentially see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Well, we'll find out next week. I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the tell. I always love the tell alls. I was like, Puya, I'd rather come on for a tell all than weddings. And you were like, sorry, that's not your spot. So uh, happy I got to to check in one more time before the end of the season. Yeah, and I'm happy you came through, Kirsten. Where can people find you? What else do you have going on? Uh, aside from obviously coming on to talk about this nonsense with me. Yes. So please come hang out twitch.tv slash Kirsten said what I'm playing a bunch of different games, having fun over there. Uh, also mess magnets comes out every week with myself and Sasha Joseph. We are talking. I think we're doing the deep dive into Renaissance uh, this week. So that should be very fun. And we have a very special guest joining us. Um, you know what I think? I'm going to announce it and hopefully that's okay. Bryce Isaiah is joining us this week for Mass Magnet. So hey, okay. check it out. I don't know if I was allowed to say that, but whatever. Oh, um, and also BoJack HorsePod this week, Lindsay Wilson and I will be interviewing the creator of BoJack HorsePod, Raphael Bob Waksberg, uh, the, later this week and it will come out next week. So super excited over there. And at some point, Mary uh, Kwiatkowski and I will be getting together to talk about the season finale of Riverdale. And uh, anything else that pops up will be uh, on my Twitter at Kirsten. Oh my God. Yes. Ugh, oh, cut God. this out. Edit it, please. Gally, you see this, Gally? No. Oh, oh, yeah. Can you edit it? Can you edit it so that I didn't? <laughs> I just did the long <laughs> I I think it's just not at the forefront of my mind because I need to catch up on the second half of last week and listen to Scally with Chappelle. And I'm just like really jealous about that. But yes, Hot Dummies on Islands. Robinswebsite.com slash hot dummies. Please go check out Skylie and I talking about Love Island USA season four. The season is really fun, unless that's changed uh, in the second half of last week. But I, I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh on I'm on the catch up. I'm on the catch up. I'm about to get dragged. Oh my God. Can you? <laughs> I can remove it. <laughs> Maybe you'll have to listen to see if I did. Oh, um, <laughs> y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I did take the weekend off. I am now back and ready to go rejuvenated and excited to get everything done there. So come through, say hi. I would appreciate it. As far as podcasts go, you can stay on after this. I will be talking about Love in Paradise on the rest of this podcast. But aside from that, live feed updates Friday morning with Taryn Armstrong every week of the Big Brother season. I shall be there. And we'll be back next week with part one of the tell all with Rob Sesternino making his way back to uh, talk about all the nonsense there with the couples and Sean Robinson. So if you're going to leave now at the destination, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Wrap-Up Podcast. We're here to talk about the Love in Paradise episode that I just watched. And let me tell you, uh, the episode was an hour, 26 minutes long, and there were a couple proposals, there was a marriage, and then people left and went back to the States. So I think this was the finale, <laughs> which is weird because one of the couples was just not featured on the episode at all. And then, yeah, I think this was the finale. Again, it was an hour, 25 long, and all, all the storylines are pretty much done, but it was not advertised. I tried looking it up to see if this was the finale confirmed. I didn't even see anything online. So I'm just going to run with it being the finale, which it kind of works out because uh, I did put out a feeler last week. I said, let me know. Do you want me to continue talking Love in Paradise? Do you want me to move over to uh, 90 Day UK? And right now it looks like 90 Day UK, all green lights ahead. We can go in a shout out to, uh, I did see Amanda uh, reached out to me on Twitter and, and let me know about it. So Amanda, thank you so much for the for the stamp of approval there. And then I did see someone put a, a five-star review asking to cover 90 Day UK. And I believe that was 11 Gen C. So thank you so much, 11 Gen C, for the review and for the feedback. Now, 90 Day UK, I believe, is going to be a big, big show, right? So it's it's a whole 90-day franchise, but I won't be able to cover it this, with the same... uh uh, with the same level of detail that I do 90 day us and already there's three episodes out. So I would say uh patience with that one because I will try my best to catch up with it and cover it. But I do not know how quickly I'm going to be able to do it or if I could successfully do it weekly, but rest assured if I do talk about it, on the podcast, I will announce it at the start of an episode so that when I'm about to recap from 90 day regular, you'll know if there's going to be some UK at the end so that you've got that ready to go. Now, we're here to talk about love and paradise. So let's just dive in. Let's tuck in and see what's going on here. I'll try and keep the short and sweet for y'all. So Carlos and Valentine, last we checked in with them, Carlos was about to come out to his sister. He was very nervous about this. It was a dinner with him, Valentine, and his sister. And then, so he comes out to her. He tells her that he's gay. And she, you know, there's a pause, obviously, for, for dramatic effect. And she accepts it. She, she says she accepts him and that it wouldn't change anything between them. She also has a couple confessions where she mentions that she had felt that maybe Carlos was gay, but she never asked because she didn't think she could handle if he said he was in response. And she's happy that now she finds out here in a moment where she has matured, she has had time to think about it, and she has nothing but love for her brother. So that was aces. It was beautiful. I loved it very much. And then she, uh, Carlos also mentions to his sister that, hey, I'm considering moving to the U.S. if, if everything goes well here. And the sister replies with, listen, I respect your decision and I will support you even if I am not like I don't like that. And then Carlos mentions that he feels a little bit of hardship now because 
at one point he wanted to leave, but now that his sister's accepting, it makes it harder for him to leave because like obviously he has some support now that he didn't have before. Now, the other scene we see with Carlos and Valentine is absolutely beautiful. I think this might be my favorite scene we've seen on 90 Day in a long time. Uh, Valentine is planning to propose to Carlos and has gone through all the stops, y'all. Valentine has set up a very beautiful dinner with these big lights that say marry me. Uh, He has also planned a surprise with having... Carlos's sister and cousin be there for the dinner, but Carlos comes out, has no idea any of this is happening, gets proposed to, says yes, and then the uh his uh, sister and cousin come out and have dinner with them, and it was absolutely beautiful. Valentine did also serenade Carlos with a song for the proposal. The song was it was sweet. Okay, let's put it that way. It was a very nice gesture. That's what I'm going to tell y'all. It was a very nice gesture from Valentine. And it was beautiful. I'm very, very happy for the two of them. And uh, the episode for them ends with Valentine leaving to go back to the States, trying to come back in a month and a half or so. And they're going to try and do the K-1 visa. So this is a couple I would love to see on 90 Day OG. So I really hope that the the producers, the TLC producers, the 90 day producers, they're, they're keeping an eye on Carlos and Valentine because they would be a great addition into our 90 day franchise. Okay. Then we go over to Danielle and Johan. Now, Danielle and Johan, last time we saw them, uh, Johan had said, you know, that he would prefer for them to move to the States after they get married so that he could work and then provide some funds back to the family. And Danielle wants to move here. She wants to move to the DR. She wants to live here. That's what she wants. And she feels like Johan had not made this clear before that this is something he's looking for. So it's caused her doubts. They're literally supposed to get married at 9 a.m. tomorrow. And she's sitting on the drive back in the hotel just in complete doubt and is unsure. She feels that it's she says she has some suspicions now that he said he wants to move to the USA. What's his motives? Does he want to move be with me or does he want to be with me for an opportunity? So typically this is the fodder you would hear on 90 day. But the fact that it's the night before the wedding is sending me because I can genuinely tell she's she means it when she says she's not sure, which is surprising. But then she calls her friend Lizette. She tells us this is my one of my closest friends, Lizette. Um, Lizette answers the phone and immediately says, oh, I didn't know you were in the DR still. And oh, you're getting married tomorrow morning. Gotcha. So how close friends are you if she didn't have any idea? Also, didn't you give Johan crap for not telling his friends that he was getting married? A bit of hypocrisy here, but we'll just move on. We'll move on. Um, She tells us, you know, I've only known Johan for five months and I'm very nervous about all this. And she also mentions that one of the reasons she's rushing to the to get married is because she wants a baby. And, you know, she goes through the process, talks about how she wants a baby, Johan wants a baby, but then also says while she realizes she doesn't have to get married to do that, she really wants that. That's what she wants. So she wants to get married. She wants to have a baby. So that is the process that she's looking for. Now, it's the next morning, and she still says she's not 100% sure about getting married, but might as well get ready just in case. Which at this point, I was like, stop it. You woke up, you knew you were getting married. There's no way you didn't know. So um, they have the marriage. Uh, the wedding ceremony is beautiful, lovely. Uh, his family's there. They, you know, everything works out for them. And it works out because Johan also tells her 
that he loves her for her and he'll be wherever she wants. Like he says she, I forgot to mention this. She had booked two separate hotel rooms. She wanted to keep it traditional. She booked a separate hotel room for him so that they would sleep apart the night before the wedding. And she thought that this space would also be good for her. And turns out it was good for Johan because Johan was very scared of losing her. So that's why Johan said, Hey, whatever it takes, I'm down. I'm here. We will do that. So now we get to the next scene. She's uh, traveling back to New York and she tells him that she wants to look for a summer home by the beach, ideally, so that because she's a teacher. So once she's done her teaching job, she can come and move here for the summer for the three months so that they can be together and they can try having a baby. There's a bit of a miscommunication where she teaches Johan the uh, science behind ovulation and how uh, during the ovulation period is when, you know, you can have a baby because Johan did not really get that. Um, and then also there was a pregnancy test done and the pregnancy test results came back negative. So she's now leaving. I feel like with these two, I can totally see them coming back to love and paradise. If they do a season three, they're the perfect couple because their love is, well, not only did it blossom in paradise, but also could end up in paradise. They just don't know where their final destination is going to be for now. Okay. So that's Daniel and Johan. Now we can move over to Abby. Gabby and Frankie and my god what a clown car of a storyline this was everybody I initially jumped in to watch this and cover this after seeing their storyline and realizing how wild it is now it's taken an even wilder turn believe it or not so we start with Abby and Gabby we see that they've completely reconciled now after Gabby was told all the things that were happening between Abby and Frankie they've reconnected Gabby wants to put all of the stuff that happened aside and move forward and try to be together with Abby once again and, you know, regain the trust and have everything happen. Now, meanwhile, Abby full on declares her love for Gabby, says that I want no one but you. I don't want to be away from you. I don't want to be without you. I want us to have a ceremony tomorrow to commit our uh, to commit to each other. Would you be okay with that? Would you be down? And Gabby accepts. Gabby says, I'm down. And, um, Gabby says that Abby made a huge mistake, but she's not going to let one mistake take everything away from them. And Abby then says that, you know, I did lose a person that I love this week and I don't want to lose another. So to me, Abby is fully now putting all her eggs in the Gabby basket now that Frankie's out of the picture and then they're having the ceremony. Okay. So then. We get to the next scene and the next scene, we're back to Frankie after not seeing Frankie for ages. It feels like Frankie's back in the scene. It's now Frankie's storyline. It's been a couple weeks since he decided not to go to Mexico. But Rodney, who was in Mexico, who mediated the conversation between Gabby and Abby and where Gabby was uh, found out about all the information here. So Rodney's there to let him know what happened. So Rodney mentions that. um you know, this, all this happened. Did you tell Gad, did you tell Abby that I'm very happy that I don't have to do the Abby Gabby storyline after this, because it's still very confusing. And I do apologize if I'm talking a mile a minute. I'm not sure if you're listening to this at 1.5, 1.6, I apologize even more because it might all be a shambles, but I'm trying here. So Abby, if you remember, had mentioned to us that her plan was to get with Frankie, get married, move to the U.S., and then try and find a way for Gabby to come through. So Rodney relays this message to Frankie and says, Frankie, did you know that she wanted to bring Gabby over and that was her plan? And Frankie's like, nope, 
that is not what I thought was going to happen. That is not part of what we thought was going to be the case. So then Rodney also tells them, you know, uh, Abby and Gabby had a ceremony. They had a ceremony and I was actually a part of the ceremony. So yeah, Rodney was in attendance at this ceremony, um, that had happened. And Frankie's like, so you attended their wedding. And <laughs> Rodney's like, yeah, pretty much. So uh, that happened. Frankie's now pissed. Frankie's very pissed, which is ironic because Rodney also calls it out. Rodney's up, like, but you just said you were happy for them. You wanted them to be happy. Cause what Frankie is saying to us in confessional is that he chose to not go to Mexico because he didn't want to be the guy to get in between a relationship and break up a relationship. That's what, that's the line he's walking. Okay. Later on, he has a confessional where he says that, you know, if Abby leaves Gabby after this many years for me and she comes here, there's also a chance that I will be left behind by Abby for someone better. So I don't want to hurt, get hurt. So these are some of the things that Frankie's peppering in as the reasons why he didn't go through with all this. But now he's very upset. And the reason he's upset is because he feels like Rodney got involved when he shouldn't have. He's not happy that Rodney was a part of, you know, talking on his behalf. So I guess Rodney was not sent there as the mediator. Rodney volunteered to be the mediator. So he wants to call directly to both of them, apologize to Gabby, and also set something straight. Because he is kind of annoyed that Abby's mentioning that Gabby was always part of the plan because he says that Gabby was not part of the plan and that's just to save face. So I know what you're waiting for. You want the phone call. Let's jump into the phone call. So he zoom calls with Gabby and Abby and the phone call gets very heated very quickly because in the phone call, um, Frankie mentions, you know, you like, did you love me? Was it always going to be me? Because it feels like it wasn't like now you have the ceremony. I like, congratulations to the two of you. But like, what's up? And Abby's like, well, you never told me you only love me. That is something that I didn't think was the case. You never told me that it was only me in the picture. And Frankie's like, uh, no, no, no. I said that I was I wanted you. And that was the plan. And she's like, you're what do you call me a liar? I'm not a liar. And you know it. And Gabby in the middle of all this, Gabby's like, well, why did you exclude me? Like we had a group chat. Why didn't you use the group chat to talk? And Frankie says, well, listen, Abby told me not to use the group chat and to talk exclusively. And Abby's like, no, I didn't. That's not true. Yeah. And she's getting very again. Abby's getting very heated about all this because from where Abby's standing, Abby is fully selling that Gabby was always part of the plan for her. And Frankie's saying Gabby was not part of the plans. And we find out in, in one fleeting moment, Frankie does mention that in the beginning when they were talking, they had discussed bringing over Gabby, but then they didn't after that. So I guess in Frankie's head, that was all, like, that was not the plan anymore. And in Abby's head, that was always the plan. So a little bit of confusion here, but because of how heated Abby's being, Gabby says in confessional that she notices because of how much Abby is passionate about this conversation, she notices that Abby cared more about Frankie than she thought. There were more feelings there than she thought. But also Gabby says that she wants to move on and there's nothing that Frankie can say that will ruin the relationship. So, hey, kudos to Gabby who wants to just, you know, she wants to mend the fences that uh, or mend the fences a phrase. 
Not important. She wants to build a bridge and move on from all the hardship they just dealt with. And again, like she said earlier, she doesn't want one mistake to to ruin something amazing that they've had. And then the phone call ends very bitterly where Abby's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm done with you. Goodbye. Have a good life. Hangs up on him. And Frankie is just pissed because she's lying. I can't believe she would do this. I don't understand why. Yeah. How is she going to lie like that? Blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, you know what? I feel like I dodged the bullet after all things said and considered. I feel like I dodged the bullet. And then Frankie's finishing line for the season was, you know, I would want to say my next girlfriend won't be in a relationship already with someone else, but then never say never. It's like, shut up, Frankie. Stop this. Stop this. You you look a fool. You did. You you came here for nine episodes and gave me nothing. And I don't appreciate it. I really do think that um Frankie's story was just kind of like non-existent. If you think about it, the first two episodes is where we got the bulk of Frankie. Then Frankie did not show up to Mexico, left completely, and then came back for the finale for this call. So that's it. That's Frankie, Gabby, and Abby. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Frankie, Gabby, or Abby back on the show again. I think it's done for them. Now, let's go over to the last couple we saw, uh, Sherlon and Ariana. So last we saw Sherlon and Ariana, they had the big dinner with the mothers. The mothers said, hey, Sherlon, get your act together. You are a man, and, and you are an adult now. You have to take care of your baby Odin. You have to, you know, respect and love this woman, Ariana, who is the mother of your child. And obviously Ariana's wanted him to be more intimate and more romantic with his interactions. Whereas up until this point, she has felt like it was more attention to Odin, no attention to her. So they reconnect. They went out on that date last week. The date went well. Um, the, I believe the line Sherlon used on the, conf- in the confessional was, yeah, I, I tried my best not to make another Odin to which Ariana was like, I can't believe you said that, bro. I was like, same. Same Sherlock, you didn't have to say it like that, but whatever, we have to move on. Also, Ariana does use the phrase sexy time, which uh, brought flashbacks to another 90 day couple that we've seen before. Um, but basically, Ariana says, well, now I want to hash some things out with him. She brings up the visa. So obviously he was supposed to get a visitor's visa that he never committed to. And she's been avoidant of bringing this up because every time she brings this up, he gets very upset and they start fighting. So. Sherlon says he'll do everything in his power to get the visa. He he's very sad that he's about to lose touch with Odin and not be together with Odin. And he wants to be there with her. So he's going to do everything in his power. Once the embassy opens up to travel uh, for travel, he can go get the visa and come to them. And then uh Ariana brings up, well, where does that leave? Like, are we, can we declare exclusivity between each other? And he's like, yeah, what does that entail? She's like, that entails you don't sleep with anyone else. It's just me and you, one relationship together. And he says, I'm going to be honest. I don't have an answer yet. I still have to process my feelings. So Sherlon was in confessional mentions. Yeah, I've never been exclusive with somebody. So I have to decide if that's what that's what it's going to be for me. I'm not fully decided yet. Uh, And then he tells Ariana, yeah, you're going to have to give me some time to think about that. And she says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to give you time. I don't want to be in limbo. I don't want to be in purgatory. So before we leave, you have to give me a direct answer. And then Sherlon says, well, I feel like I'm boxing a corner with this answer, but uh, I'll see. Spoiler alert. They're together. They're exclusive. Sherlon agreed to being exclusive. 
and uh, they're moving on. New chapter. I feel like we're going to see them again if Love and Paradise season three happens. But that was it with their story. And yeah, that is that is it that I've got. I've given you everything that came up in this episode. Obviously, like I said, no Amber and Daniel. So Amber and Daniel, I guess the last week was their finale where he made her a lovely dinner to show appreciation to her. And then he showed her a little surprise that he can finally work. He has a work visa now. So I guess that could be a good indicator. The Love in Paris 3 is happening where we could potentially see the two of them on the show. So that would be where I would see that happening. But that's it. That's all I've got for you for Love in Paradise. A sweet, cheeky 20 minutes to go. Okay, that was good. Now that that's over, we'll be back for 90 Day Fiance UK, hopefully at the end of these pods. Pending, I'll let you know. Now, if you could please leave a rating and review that, I would appreciate that very much. It helps people find the podcast. It allows me to get some much needed feedback from all of you. And I do appreciate reading them. So five star, four star, whatever you feel is right. Five star, please. Uh, anything works, five star. Thank you. <laughs> you can do so over on robinsonwebsite.com slash nine a day fiance. That's the number nine, number zero day fiance. I hope you've had a fun journey with me here because I've had fun too. I'll be back next week for part one of the 90 day fiance tell all with Rob Sesternino here in the co-pilot seat. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.